0: Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill, and these are some versions of my journals out loud coming to you, I see in my morning voice, in which I haven't yelled at the dogs yet, so you are getting the adjustment. Sorry about that. So we're gonna take a deep breath. Today is the 1st of December, 2023, on Friday, and breathtaking, we are almost into 2024. I cannot believe how quickly Time is moving, and I don't think it will be slowing down. So, we're going to do some normal stuff or some housekeeping stuff up front, and then I'm going to dive into uh, some of the things I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, I'm going to encourage you to scroll through the post. I actually put some stuff in the written part. Uh, If you're listening on a RSS feed or some kind of podcast player, uh, if you pop over to the actual podcast on Substack, there is uh, some really good videos, especially if you have a dog. So with that, uh, I wanted to do a couple things uh, on the post first, and that is uh, I I just sort of stumbled on this guy. He's a veterinarian talking about uh, dog COVID and not sure that that's what it is, mystery illness. You may or may not have heard about this, but there is something going around that's affecting dogs and it can kill them and it's not responding to traditional treatment. So uh, here we go, right? As we're all on pins and needles about what they're going to blast at us, now there's something being blasted at the dogs. I don't know about the cats, but I know many of you are animal lovers like I am. So uh, I liked this guy mostly because at the end of his videos, not only does he tell you things that you can buy to to assist with treatment and prevention, is he tells you what the doggy dosages are. And if you're like me, and if you've ever like scavenged the internet trying to figure out how much of XYZ you're supposed to give your animal, uh, I appreciated him actual giving actual dosages so you can calculate what your dog would need, and uh, it's one of those things. I'm like, should I share it because I don't want to make the the you know I don't want to create more energy around what we don't want, or is it more important to share so we can prepare for something if it does happen? So I decided to go ahead and share it with you because I love my dogs just like you do, and so. Uh, That is something I think will be valuable for a few minutes of your time. Uh, The next thing I wanted to talk about is I posted this hilarious, not hilarious video on snow. So for all of you who are getting hammered, anybody listening in the northern regions, I am so sorry for you. I watched that because I was trying to negotiate how I wanted to cover up for like the one tenth inch of rain we were supposed to get, which we didn't uh, last night. And I was watching this snow video and it... It moved me into such deep appreciation about how microscopic my issue of a tenth of an inch of rain was uh, versus people getting hammered with snow. Uh, that is just something to behold. How much energy, and I have been in not often, you know, that much, but enough to know it is a full-time job contending with winter uh, when it's in those extreme conditions. So my heart is with you and it helped move me into a little bit more of this place that I want to talk about in terms of gratitude and the last thing at the bottom of the posting too is also uh it's the first of the month and so that's the one time a month i do ask for support if any of you have extra or would like to invest in this process uh, you know the way i see it is you know i've decided to put everything up for free because when i needed things the most is usually when i didn't have the ability to access them and you know i was having one of those epiphanies that uh you can you know put yourself you can um uh, You know, package yourself to promote ideas that very people with a lot of money can afford and you can do very well. But at the end of the day, my heart, my heart, my heart is always for the people that can't. And I've been in that position where, you know, I'm desperate to understand what's going on with me, not having anybody I can talk to. Uh, I turned to volumes and volumes, you know, hundreds of books. It was excruciating. It took me years and years and years decades, really, to extract all this information. And uh, wouldn't it be nice if we could just stumble onto something where it was consolidated for those who need? And so uh, I have decided, you know, to keep the information free, but I appreciate those of you who support it. The beauty of it being online, as long as we have online, is it just floats around. So when somebody does need it and they can find it, what a difference that day makes. And so I have uh, you know, the two ways to support me at this point, no mailing address, is online through my store, just a direct donation. Uh, I also have eBooks over there and also through the Substack, either through an annual or monthly um, uh, subscription. So I will say thank you and uh, I will transition into that next topic of, you saw in the title, of gratitude. But I wanted to start with being grateful to you all, having kept me alive and moving forward in this process, which I'm sure, you know, as I keep saying, is excruciating to watch. Uh, I was thinking about that, how, you know, on the one hand, it's like, oh man, it must be really hard what you're doing. I'm kind of in this idyllic spot right now. Uh, And then I watched that snow video and I'm thinking, not even a little bit. My biggest drama around here is, Again, with these weird coyotes, I have a coyote, the fox is gone. Now I have a coyote lurking around every day with us. I've never, in my whole history of coyotes, uh, I've never had the coyotes lurk around and stop and stare and within very close distance to us. Uh, I've just, you know, I saw it at the place up by Oatman and I'm seeing it here never in my life have I seen that. And it's single. It's not a pack. So they're not trying to eat the dogs. Uh, Very strange. But that's our big stress as we're having uh, coyote conversations. What do you want? And he won't answer. It's very frustrating. So I am super grateful to be in a nice spot uh, with two dogs that are healthy, with awesome people that allow me to Uh, do this with you in a way that it is my heart's desire to be able to help those who I best understand. And that is, you know, those of us who are wired for danger. And, you know, part of our energy source is usually to focus on the negative and push into it to solve the problem, to fix, to save, to rescue, to, uh, you know, I'm protecting the dogs and I'm, you know, saving their lives as I'm yelling at them, chasing after them, right? You don't understand, you know, because I did it the first time they ran off. I didn't know that there wasn't a pack out there. And, uh, But what happened, uh, and I don't remember what conversation I was having in my head, but uh, what happened for a moment there was uh, I decided that as I'm listening to too many people talk about the fear around what's going to happen next year, 2024. And, uh, you know, as I've been trying to figure out some kind of timeline so I can make peace in my own head with this terrifying uncertainty that is facing us all in the future, because uh, I don't think things are going to slow down until, uh, I don't think things are going to slow down in my lifetime. Let's put it that way. So how do I want to, what do I want to do with my energy and my time? And And when you're in crisis, regardless of who you are, uh, push, pull, pause, fight, flight, freeze, it doesn't matter how you're responding to the fear. When the fear is intense, you know, if you're in war and the bombs are dropping or it's post attack and you're scrambling through looking for people who are still alive and then you're cleaning up and trying to find food and then you're scrambling to figure out, well, what do we do now? You know, our home has been destroyed. You know, when you're in crisis mode and then you're scrambling, it's all about survival. And as we inch closer and closer to whatever version of unraveling that's going on around us, if not us, those around us are also going to be struggling with just You know, the very practical day to day survival needs and the questions, you know, what's happening to my retirement? You know, the value of my house may be going down. Uh, You know, my car can't get fixed because there's no parts. Uh, You know, there's all kinds of things happening to people all over. It all may look different in details, but it's the same collective experience is that there is a powerful level of uncertainty. Uh, and everything that we have known is unraveling. And I think it's going to happen. I think it's necessary. I was actually listening to a little bit of a clip about the what Argentina did to be able to get their version of uh, a populist leader in place. And they had implemented the practical things, you know, they changed the election laws, they shifted to paper ballots, they had poll watchers, they had created a structure and a system to allow something else to move forward. Uh, But in America, I can't really speak to Europe or uh, New Zealand or Australia, but in the Western world, pretty much we haven't done that yet. And I think the reason why we don't do the obvious constructive things is because Um, one, we don't want to know about it, and two, we're not in enough pain. Uh, You know, my mom used to say that to me. When you've had enough pain, you'll be willing to do things to change things, and it's very difficult to watch people be uncomfortable for no reason. Uh, You know, we have everything we need to turn things around in America, and we probably won't. I don't believe that we'll shift. I believe things will come crashing down, and uh, you know, we have the fighters out yelling about it and, uh, you know, we have all kinds of talking, but we, and we have some people that are starting to take action, but we're still in the yelling about the problem stage. And so we've got a ways to go before the pain is enough to create some change. <clears throat> you know, the problem with America is that we have a lot of people that, think violence is the way to solve the problem. So, uh, you know, my hope is we don't descend into that, but only time will tell. And in the meantime, you know, things are unraveling. And so I thought, you know, before it gets any worse, you know, before something happens, you know, the internet goes down or the electricity goes out or whatever, uh, I thought I really wanted to spend some time being grateful for what I do have. For this life up until now has been very comfortable by any means of measure compared to what other people around the world have experienced. And, you know, I used to say that as a social worker, our homeless population, a lot of them are overweight. I mean, it is, you know, when I was doing social work at that level, was very different culturally in terms of what's going on now. It was, you know, most people on the street were either addicted or mentally ill uh, or, you know, poverty. It wasn't mass uh, homelessness the way it is now for lots of different reasons and lots of different types of people. So it was very specific, uh, but now it's a little bit different. But the point being is that at the time, you know, there was so much food in the trash cans. I remember, you know, I walked the dog at this park. Uh, when I was working in one of the hospitals, having this conversation in my head that there is so much food laying around in America in trash cans, you know, just everywhere. You would never starve to death if you just were smart about it. And there are people who live off of dumpster diving, you know, behind grocery stores. Uh, Trader Joe's apparently is a favorite. So Uh, And that works for a few people, but it doesn't work for everybody. And so up until now, you know, we've had this, sorry, moving the mic, moving the mic. All right. So we've had this massive luxury of comfort and relative safety and the ability to pursue dreams and the ability for me to sit around in the middle of nowhere, completely disconnected from electricity And record a podcast and upload it to you. Uh, You know, when I was in the film business a million years ago in the 80s, uh, it was a nightmare. You know, it was VHS. You know, one of my uh, memories is lugging 60-pound equipment. I was carrying the camera and the, the VCR deck through some kind of train yard out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, you know, trying to be part of this production crew because things were heavy and awkward and difficult. And, you know, you did a whole editing session offline until you got the final cut. And then you did the online editing. You know, it was... Uh, You know, being paid, I was paid $15 an hour, and then the online editors were $300 to $600 an hour. Uh, You know, to put video on television at the time was $6,000 a minute. Uh, You know, before that, film, you know, you physically had to cut the film, splice the film, and tape it together. I did that in college. You know, we learned how to do actual film even though you know we had video because that was before video digital was good enough for uh film and and help god help you you cut the film in the wrong place that was bad so it was extremely time consuming and uh lumbering and you know now we just touch the fingers blah, 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 and it's all up right and so we're in this magical place of comfort and safety and the ability to achieve anything and uh, you know most of us even though we're cranky and we're looking at what's going on we're not really ready and we won't be until it happens cuz you can't prepare for something that you haven't experienced and you know, I may be quote unquote homeless living in the desert in a vehicle, but I'm kind of not because we still have all the systems in place. Uh, you know, I'm not scrounging around uh, from one day to the next being hustled by the police, right? Uh, I was thinking I feel safer here in the middle of nowhere than I ever felt living in any kind of Uh, city, urban environment, even though I was in a home locked with windows and doors, uh, I feel infinitely safer, you know, with just me and the coyote out in the middle of nowhere. And so I wanted to take a step back while we still have some semblance of normal and familiar and consistent. And I wanted to take this time. I wish I had gotten this to you sooner, but it doesn't matter when you start. Uh, if you want to join me in this. And I wanted to take every day to remember all the things I'm grateful for. The little things like the dogs are healthy and I'm still moving around. I may be slow and I may be tired, but everything still semi works. I'm still functional. I can still take care of myself basically. And that's a really powerful point to be grateful for. And it is The most important energy, I think that was one of the reasons I shared that water video with you of the water crystals is that if you didn't watch it, you know, they said the most powerful energy in terms of creation of these crystals, the vibrational level is love and gratitude. And, uh, you know, I have seen that in other places, but it was described as love and appreciation are the two most Important energies for us to focus on being deeply appreciative and grateful. And you know, I think that's one of the things the Christian terminology gets wrong is you know, the origin of the word worship is actually to work for, uh, and praise to me is really appreciation because you know, whatever God is. It's not sitting around saying, I want you to tell me how awesome I am, right? There's nothing ego-based about God. And praise is really validation because we're insecure. But appreciation, thank you, that is a different energy. If you, you know, when you can find the subtle difference, you'd understand what I'm talking about, but with great love and appreciation. That's the most powerful energy that we can have to transform our own way we feel. And then that's what sort of vibrates out into this collective mess of all of us. And so it's hard to feel that consistently when you're in survival mode. Uh, And it's easy to feel that when you're in a bubble. So like I'm coming to you this morning in a little bubble of my vehicle. I have my little twinkly lights on. The dogs are quiet for the next few minutes. And the, uh, you know, I have everything I need. I'm not lacking anything I need. You know, there's things I want. There's things that would make my life easier. And that's true for everybody on every single day of the, you know, of their lives. But The basic building blocks of being functional, food, water, shelter, uh, you know, some connection, some purpose, some way to move through the world that's fairly unrestricted. You know, we're not, if you're listening to this, you're not in a prison or you're not in a, uh, you know, being held slave somewhere. We have so much, it's easy to forget how much we are. And, you know, as I'm sitting here and talking to you about, you know, things like wired for danger and uh, observing, you know, this is why people are doing things out in the world so that we can better understand, you know, the best combat to fear is to understand what we're afraid of. And that's, you know, partially... What I've been doing with you is, you know, seek first to understand if we can understand ourselves and then we can understand ourselves in relationship to others, you know, that's a very empowering place to be. But that's not a frontline survival thing. That's a luxury, a luxury of enough life underneath your belt to know what's important and valuable and what you want to invest in. Uh, You know, when you're young, you know, you want to push out into the world, you know, in your twenties and thirties, you want to create out in the world, you know, relationships and careers and missions, saving people like me or building something or making a product and bringing it to people. I mean, everything about the first half of our life is to push out into the world. And we've had the luxury of not being in survival mode. So that every day was just about waking up, you know, generations before in America always had certain communities that came to America in survival mode. You know, so many stories, you know, I came with a dollar in my pocket. Uh, I came, I didn't know anybody and they pushed out into the world and they achieved miraculous things. And then there's people who came or were here and pushed out into the world and appeared to fail miserably and died, you know, alone and broken. Uh, You know, look at Tesla, uh, you know, uh, I just lost his first name, Nicholas Tesla, how brilliant he was pushing out into the world, trying to create whatever he was visioning that most of us could never make any sense about, you know, died alone in this, you know, terrible little hotel room and was just frail and dismissed by the world. And it just seems wrong, right? It just seems wrong. But we're in a moment where so much of what our comfort and our history is about to disintegrate because you know we are at the end of empire. We're at the end of a cycle. We're at the end of a huge cycle. And whether you believe in the sun catastrophe or not, I don't think anybody has any doubt there's there's a sense of great change and in America as in I think all our western nations which is pretty much you know the only people that are listening to me here is it's scary because we're on the way down and we've already had peak we've had peak prosperity we've had peak population uh, we've already peaked, so we're, we're already on the downside of so much of the cycle that we can't see or feel in the same way it will be in the future. But I just thought, okay, I'm moving everything. Sorry, my hand went to sleep. Uh, you know, we're, we're just at this point where it feels like to me it's a really good moment to just say thank you, to have love and gratitude and appreciation in our hearts for all the ways we've been blessed, and so uh, most of you, I'm sure, are familiar with something called a gratitude journal. And essentially, that's just you making a list every day whether it's one, three, five, ten, whatever you want, writing it down because the act of writing it down is very important, and consciously identifying what you're grateful for. It's just a tiny moment of focus in your 24 hour day. And uh, I added a page, I just created something, I kept it black and white. So if you want to print it off, just as a guide, or if you want to color it or something like that, uh, there's a PDF file. So there's a picture of what it looks like. And there's a PDF file you can download and print, or you can just go get one of those little dollar notebooks and write it in those. Or, you know, if you have a journal, you can put it in there. But For the month of December, my goal is day one through 30 is to write down at least three to five things that I feel grateful for. And at the end, uh, day 31, I put, I want it to be a day of grace, Uh, just a, a letting go, that exhale, that pause. When you take A deep breath and you exhale and there's a pause before you inhale again. Because I really think everybody who's talking about 2024 is right, is that we are just starting to gain momentum uh, on this roller coaster that we're about to embark on. We've already had quite a bit of twisting and turning, but we're not really in the full freefall of it all. And I don't think it's going to really kick off in a bigger way, I guess we should say, uh, collectively until, you know, this next year. And I'm all for not having that happen. I have no emotional, energetic investment in things getting worse. But, you know, what goes up must come down. And uh, we're kind of due, you know, America is kind of due. We've been skating for a long time. Uh, we've been extremely cruel to a lot of the world and people are pissed and they're done. And it's not us, but it's who we've allowed, you know, to to be in a leadership position. And it's the same way when your parents are psycho, you know, as a kid, you can't wait to get out of the house. And, and that's kind of where we're at. You know, everybody else is growing up, wants to get out of the house uh, and then the parents, you know, are sitting around going, well, you know, who do we, what do we do? There's nobody to boss around and kick and control. Hmm. So they turn on each other. So we're kind of there. Uh, but I like the energy of uh, focus for this month because it's, you know, it's a holiday month. It's kind of a moving into winter is a time where you traditionally are become more reflective. Sorry, moving the microphone again. Uh, it, sorry, I can't edit this out, these uh, crackly noises, the microphone was moving, uh, but it's traditionally a time of going in, you know, I like the, the four stages, you know, spring, winter, spring, summer, fall, winter, you know, the growing season, you know, it's it's letting the the, it's the harvest is over, and you know America is moving into its winter, literally as we move into winter, but also collectively over time. and uh, it's starting to fall apart and it's okay because something new will come in the next uh, spring at some point, you know, the sun will rise and the the weather will warm and things will start to grow again, but we're not in the growing stage, you know we're in the The winter, and you know, part of what's really important in winter is that you you make a lot of decisions about what you're going to do the next year. Uh, You know, what seeds are you going to plant? What schedule are you going to do? I mean, it's a time to reflect and to really make uh, sense of what's come before. And if I'm to move forward, what would I take with me? And and the most important thing to do before you make those decisions is to really feel deeply what it is that worked what did what happened that you wanted what did you connect to what about your life what about this experience that we've had so far is really important and you know for most of us it's going to be super simple stuff you know the uh you know the beauty that i've had with losing so much is really letting go of so much you know i had some real questions what do I actually need to live? And that was, you know, it's always been the Jeremiah Johnson thing. You know, how does he live just on a horse? I was fascinated. I'm still fascinated by that because, you know, I think of the truck as my horse and I cannot believe how much crap I'm still hauling with me and how little I actually touch because most of it is in the truck bed. And What I touch every day for the most part is in the cab, and I still have a bunch of stuff up here that I don't touch every day, you know. And I'm thinking, God, we really need very, very little to live. Uh, You know, most of what I have in the back are supplies and projects, uh, and then like clothes for the seasons, things like that. But uh, I was fixing something and I'm thinking well this is why you know I'm glad I have stuff with me because I can just fix this. I don't have to go to the store and buy the tool and buy the supplies which uh, is how we end up with so much stuff you know when we're good at at planning about what might break but uh, but really on a daily basis we touch very little. I think you know I've been surprised on how little you know over the course of of living in the trailers you know how little I really need food supply. And now, you know, that I just have a little cooler, uh, it's still shocking to me how little food supply we actually need. Now that has nothing to do with what I would like to be able to eat and what I want to eat. But in terms of what I need to eat, it's so small and so much less. I'm pausing because I'm in this thing now where... The girl, they're, they're, the girl dog is gaining weight and um, the boy dog eats like three times as much as she does and and they move about the same amount and he's not getting heavier and she, you know, he's so much more muscle than her, but it's fascinating to me. I was just, but I, cause she won't jump in the truck, so I have to pick her up and I'm like, I can't even pick you up anymore. <sighs> so we may have to revisit how much we're all eating. <laughs> But but what a blessing, what a luxury. I can have this conversation, right? How lucky are we? How grateful am I? You know, the technology has consolidated itself. I mean, the phone may be an evil little spy system computer, but it's also a gateway to anywhere in the world. This little tiny thing, while I'm out in the middle of nowhere in this beautiful little tiny you know, corner of the world. I can connect to anyone or anything. And so, or I cannot, I mean, what a luxury, right? We're just blessed in ways that are unimaginable to generations before us. And so I just wanted to do that. I wanted to make this month a gratitude month. As I thought about that, of course, at the last minute, uh, I thought that'd be something I wanted to pass on to you guys. And stimulate our little thinking process before things really start to take off and we shift into survival mode as you know we get cold and we kind of cluster in the house a little bit what am I grateful for what do I have that feeling of deep love and appreciation for Uh, and really you know think about it as a seed that you're lovingly tending and putting your little uh, blanket around and storing until the next time it it comes around to plant for the next season. And so uh, that's what I thought I would share with you. And then, you know, just the practical stuff of, of just in case your dog gets sick or, you know, the, this, the bummer part, and they don't have a dog park here, but I was just getting into these dog parks where, uh, you know, it's been A couple different places, you know, there's been really nice dog parks, and it's been such a blessing, even if it's just once a week, to take the dogs there to have some kind of uh, stimulation with new animals. And they're not very good at playing, Uh, they're not very good at uh, Haven, has gotten really good at. Uh, moving from person to person who will pet her. (laughs) Uh, But everybody loves the dogs, you know, oh, they're so cute. Oh, they're so soft. So it's a good exposure, but now that's going to go on hold until whatever this next version of whatever's coming down the pike uh, seems to be emerging. Because I don't want them sick, uh, and I certainly don't want them fighting for their life. So I think it's a good thing to think about just like the other virus issues floating around right now. So with that, we're going to go ahead and make it short because it is a Friday uh, whenever you're listening to this and it is a new idea for today. So I wanted to plant that seed and uh, and I wanted to plant the thank you seed because uh, it is been an honor and a privilege to be able to share time with you uh, and you be willing to listen to my thinking processes. And as I've been sorting out uh, what I want and what I don't want over the course of my physical life, my survival life, my travel life, my homestead life, my working life, my digital format life, you know, I've been, I've gone through slowly, but a lot of different incarnations, you know, in my online world time with you. And, you know, depending how long you've been with me, uh, I don't think there's anybody still listening from the very first versions of all of this. Uh, and before online, you know, all the, the things that I was creating before there was even an internet. And, you know, I've been just doing a lot of thinking about that and, you know, observing what the themes are and what keeps coming back and, you know, how am I going to put this together? And so there's a lot of things, you know, that I've been sorting out for myself. And I see that, you know, as part of this winter phase of our uh, physical life and also our mental and emotional and spiritual life is there's there needs to be periods of time where we sort what we've gathered Uh, you know I've done that with my stuff ad nauseum uh, and now I'm doing it you know with my thoughts with my ideas with my emotions uh, with my goals my spiritual seeking uh, and one of the best ways to really sort out what's valuable is to see what comes up to you, for you, in terms of appreciation. Uh, And I'm hoping that there'll be some surprises for you. I always think it's fun when we do something and we get a... uh Uh-oh, the dogs have activated. Uh, I think it's fun when we uh, pose an internal question and we get a response that we weren't expecting. I think that's such a powerful process in terms of revealing to ourselves who we really are and what we really want and what we're doing here uh, and why am I here and what am I supposed to be doing? Uh, And it's a never-ending series of questions for people who want to ask. And it's also, uh, you know, completely not on the radar for people who don't want to ask. You know, we're all having wildly different experiences, but one of those things that overlaps and crosses and shares and blends is love and appreciation. You know, you can have deep appreciation for people or experiences that are wildly different from you. Uh, I think that's what the internet has done is it's been able to expose us to all these different ways to be in the world that we never would have known about, that we don't even have to travel, right? We just I find some of the best videos I like to watch are the ones where people are in the most obscure places, knowing I'll never go there, but I'm fascinated with how they live. And uh, and that's been just, uh, I think, a broad opening for us to really grow love and appreciation in our heart. And that, you know, in many ways, we're all struggling with the same issues, but we're doing it in different ways and we have different priorities. And so with that, I'm going to wish you a fabulous weekend and I will check in with you uh, soon. I think the schedule is going to change up a little bit because uh, we'll see. I'm making some changes in my mind. I haven't put them all into place yet, but uh, we're moving forward and that is always the goal. So deep breath, my friends, very, very grateful uh, videos and links below in the post. And I will see you next time.